You have entered Kindergeist, a horror podcast for kids and ghouls. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another Kindergeist podcast episode. I'm here with my co-host, Santi Pajarillo, also known as my auntie. Um, we're actually filming the finale episode of season two, which is surprising. Give a hand. Yay! Okay, this is very exciting. Um, we've started this podcast like 2021-ish, beginning of that time. It's halfway of 2022, which is crazy. Uh, we filmed so many episodes, got to know so many people, watched so many new movies, different types of movies, and got to like really understand everyone's perspective in the horror community, which I really loved personally. In today's episode, it's going to be different. We're going to be doing a Q&A. So yeah. Thank you to everyone who's stuck around with us and are supporting us. We see you. We appreciate you. So we are. I just wanted to like clarify. Um, we're going to do something different next season for sure, but it won't be that big of a change. So time for the questions. These group of people asked us, so Alicia Liston, one of our former um, guests asked, favorite horror writers of all time and why? My favorite one is Neil Gaiman. He wrote the book Coraline and also created the Graveyard Book. Coraline is a very big hit, and I think reading it in seventh grade really impacted how I see like horror in a way. That's why I love him so much, because he doesn't make a page boring. It always reels you in. And there's always something different in his writing that reels everyone in, I believe. And I just really enjoy how he writes. And I am a very big bookworm. What about you? Since I grew up in Hanau, Germany, where the Brothers Grimm are from, I would have to mention them because I feel like they really shaped my artistic tastes as a kid. Of course, they create fairy tales. You'll know them from Disney. Because Disney took their ideas and made them child-friendly. Uh, for example, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel. Those are Brothers Grimm stories. Wow. But in the actual written stories, they're very dark. Dismemberment. There's like organ hunting and eating children. And, oh. <laughs> and Disney was smart by like making them less intense. I also love Horatio Quiroga who I discovered in my Latin American literature class. Really beautiful, haunting stories. And of course, like the horror master and manga writer, artist, Junji Ito. Wait, do you know if like the creator of the um, the of Cinderella and like uh, Hansel and Gretel, did they get mad because Disney, I'm not sure. Does that happen? Like, does that oh, happen? They, they've sure. been long gone, actually. Those stories were written so oh. long ago. So <laughs> they're probably like happy in their grave or spinning in their grave. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like, um, I think this big company stole our idea. I feel like it would be nice to know the truth sometimes because although Disney did like kind of make it into a better kind of version of what it was before, I think it's good to realize for kids to know that Disney was not the creator, even though it's this big company. I feel like big companies tend to do that a lot, like steal people's ideas, which is kind of really sad. Yeah, but, that's such yeah. a good point, too. We're going to be moving on to the next question at Stanny Devlin Jack. What's your favorite horror theme of all time? I really enjoy the Goosebumps um, soundtrack. 
personally because I think it brings a lot of suspense and I love suspense. And every kind of horror has a lot of suspense in it because it brings everything in the scene in. That's a classic choice. I would say uh, there's this Japanese film called One Miss Call by Takashi Miike. The ringtone that they use in that one is so pretty and um, it's composed by Koji Endo. And it was my ringtone when it came out in the early 2000s, <laughs> just to creep myself <laughs> out more. It's not like I listen to it all the time, but it's like it made a huge like impact on me as far as like choosing music and everything in my work. Mm -hmm. And I love a lot of work that have that uh, lullaby quality, like uh, the Dead Silence theme by Charlie Clauser is super underrated. It's like it's a killer puppet movie. Um, which is weirdly very similar, the, the, like to since you mentioned Goosebumps with Slappy, so yeah, killer dolls. Uh, the Halloween theme, of course, is beloved, but it really is a great song. It's popular for a reason. Yeah, because I feel like right. that song works in the film, but it's also good to dance to and just get it like get you pumped up. You know, <laughs> you're like yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, and then right now, I love the. Evil Dead, the game theme by Joseph LaDuca. And the vinyl, like the soundtrack is super rare because it only came in the collector's edition set for the game. Um, so I hope I can find it somewhere or somebody give it to me, please. <laughs> well, well, like, okay. Do you think like any type of lullaby music is kind of creepy though? Like personally, I think it is like, if I hear like a lullaby, oh, that acts like clowns. Like you might think like clowns are fun at fairs, but then you actually, with all the things that people put in your brain, they like, you just have the imprint of like their killer or something, <laughs> or like it's, you know, something's going to happen. Like, what are your thoughts on like lullabies? I don't find all lullabies creepy, but I definitely feel like that style is, lends itself the most to being creepy because it's it has such a I don't know like what is the science behind why lullabies are so easily creepy like a lot of the lyrics and oh I mean like instrumental type oh, of okay. lullabies you know like yeah that's like a whole okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I could see that being like creepy okay moving on to our next question which is actually from my other auntie her name is Georgia Marthy at Georgia Marthy actually I'm gonna let you answer it first. Um, at what age did you find it appropriate for kids to start watching rated R horror films? So I feel like parents won't like my answer because... <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> because I feel like I'm an advocate for kids or teens to watch rated R movies dependent on the movie and only if they can mentally handle it. Mm. For example, like me at nine years old was obsessed with Blade and that's full of so much gore and so much violence and all kinds of crazy things um, with the vampires and everything. But I wouldn't recommend that for you even at 13 years old because I know your taste in what you can handle. For, for example, for me, I had grown up in Germany on a base where actually that was built by the Third Reich, by the Nazis. And so I kind of grew oh. up, yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and uh, I grew up in that culture of like being very aware of like the dark history of Germany. And in elementary, I even went to a field trip that visited a concentration camp, and there was like people's skulls and images of dead bodies. So 
me being exposed to that kind of like real horror history made me look at horror movies in a different way where I was like, well, that's make believe. The real horrors of life are intense. And I've seen that already. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that had a huge way in how I would answer this question is basically as if it's appropriate for kids to start watching rated R, I think it depends on the kid. I can see that, especially because like if you're exposed to like in real life, like stuff like horror stuff at a very young age you'll know that in the films they're not like they won't affect you as much as it did in real life you know for example trauma like you if you have trauma before but then it was displayed or something like that kind of well I mean it would probably trigger you right in a way but I'm not going to speak out for everybody who does have trauma in certain like things I'm just like displaying like how it might seem an example that it's not horror that if you've gone through a trauma and you see it on a film, you might actually like relate to it or like you would probably like be like, okay, that's just a film. Like I already went through that, you know, or you, you would be triggered by it, which is most likely to happen. But for you in this case, that's why I think that's why you like watch that movie or whatever that was at a very young age because you were just like, okay, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But yeah. yeah. I, but then again, I also I'm not a child psychologist and I don't have kids. So that's coming from somebody who was a former kid and that only. I haven't watched a horror like film that's rated R um, because my parents would not allow me. But I think, it, yeah, like what you said, it depends on the kid. If it's, it's fully established. I'm not fully established. This is not like a company. <laughs> no, I meant like, like if their brain is mentally capable of handling certain things, like, like what we were talking about in the weirdness of how uh, movies are rated, like horror movies in general, because, um, some movies are rated R, but they're not really like rated R. Like they're, like they're probably would be like PG 13 or something, you know? But I feel like there's some movies like that that young people can watch. I don't know the limit. It depends on the kid, honestly. And I've never experienced watching a horror movie that's rated R film, so I can't really have a big say on it. But that's what my opinion about that is. Okay, so moving on to our Twitter um, questions. So by J Tom at J Thomas official, James Aaron Thomas. What are some of your top entry-level horrors for younger kids and then older kids? For younger kids, I feel like I always suggest Coraline, like no matter what. I, I think Coraline will, is the best. Personally, I got scared of it but when I watched it for the first time, but then it became my comfort movie. So I think Coraline is a very good movie. Maybe if they're tweens, they can watch Vampire Diaries. Corpse Bride is a good one. It's not horror, but it's like romance and it's scary because of the animation. A lot of the Tim Burton movies, I believe, are very good. Edward Scissorhand and Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Of course, Beetlejuice. Definitely Beetlejuice. But I feel like if you're tween, because there's some language or some things that you won't really understand. Um, but for older kids, I believe uh, Haunting of Blind Manor, obviously. I always mention Haunting of Blind Manor. That's like my favorite. Twilight is not that scary, but I feel like... It's a good saga. What is that one movie? It was like the Freaky Friday one. Is it the Freaky Friday? I forgot. Oh, you mean Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day, not Freaky Friday. I was thinking of a song, sorry. (laughs) Happy Death Day, the sequel of Happy Death Day, sorry. 
Yeah, that one. I I like that one. That one's nice. Or just like Happy Death Day, just the the first one or whatever. You know, that's good too. That's what I think. Okay, your turn. I would say for younger ones, definitely like animation, like、uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Nightmare Before Christmas is so good. And there's this book called Monster for Tea by Walter Williams that has a nice moral lesson. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is like a very old episode, but、uh, the case of the killer pizzas was my favorite as a kid,、um, which totally took inspiration from the Alien franchise. For older ones, I'd say video games. There's a particular one called Fears to Fathom by this developer named Rail,、um, who is a 19-year-old game developer from India, and I love it because he crowdsources the stories, and the episodes are centered around. Teens who are kind of experiencing something creepy, and they're in the、uh, different episodes of situations. Interesting. Well, speaking of like a video game series, I went to a party yesterday, and it was all like my dad's friends. Obviously, they have kids, so there's a kid named Gavin. Um, he he's five years old. He's very small. He's a very sweet boy. Um, he asked me because I was hanging out with him the whole party, and he asked me. Oh, can I play some horror games on your phone? And I was like, "What?" Oh, <laughs> it was like interesting. And I was like, "I have a feeling this kid's gonna be like in the horror, like, will fall in love with horror." Because he was like, "I want to play a horror game." And I was like, "Are you sure? Like, isn't that too scary for you?" He was like, "No." And I was like, "Okay." So I don't know what this. I forgot. It was called Mister Hop's Playhouse Two. I don't know what it's about, but、um, I all I saw was blood. So <laughs> <laughs> when I opened the app,、um, so it was very interesting. Speaking of video game, but yeah, a lot of kids love Five Nights at Freddy's. I was really surprised about that. Oh yeah, when it just came it out. It just came out. What do you mean it came no, out? No, when it, so long when it came out. Oh, when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Five Nights at Freddy's, Beyblades, Roblox, Minecraft, like top tier. Like time, <laughs> yeah. Like I think that was like 2016 summer, 2017 summer. So we have our next question, but also by the same person, they asked, "What kind of horror would you like to see more of in the entertainment landscape?" What comes to mind first is military horror that actually uses the genre to express the fears and pains of veterans, because most military horrors are just like. The military fighting monsters, or you know, zombies, and they're kind of just there as like bodies. And I'm interested in seeing more that actually talk about suicide and the family culture and dynamic in a way that's meaningful. And there are films out there that do that, but it's very rare. And I'm not saying the popcorn military horror flicks are bad. I just say that I want to see more variety. Also, I would like to see more Mormon. LDS horror because we have a lot of Catholic horror out there, which is classic. But、mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to see more of、uh, yeah the LDS the representation. I also want to see more、uh, stories about people who are older in their fifties and sixties. And I mean, there's Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween、uh, franchise, but also like the Changeling and Bubba Hotep, like. I want to see more of that as well. Yeah, I I was thinking about that too because I I've never watched a horror movie or show or any film that was like based on like older people. You know? Yeah, I think I would like to see that as well. And I think I also want to see. Okay, I feel like there's like a lot of films of like 
high schoolers or like teenagers, but I really want to see a middle school film of like horror because I know like it kind of seems like probably weird. Like you wouldn't want to watch it because you know that it's going to be boring, but I just want it to like, like show like the actual represent, like how middle school is actually working. Like, and then there can be like an enemy or some sort of thing that would be happening. Like, demons jumping in bodies or something and you're not really sure but like I want it to feel the most like middle school as it possibly can Mm, actually I would like to see that too because yeah usually um the younger ages we should probably make a movie like that I'm just kidding (laughs) you should you you know what seriously you should write a script like I mean you could direct it too if you want to actually do it I'm down I'm so down to do that are you just saying that I have a lot of free time. No, actually. No, because remember there was this one time I was like telling you how I was writing about stuff in my notebook. I think this was, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I think this was last year. Yeah, I, I'm still doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah you, you should write a tw- yeah. uh, middle school horror movie and direct it and I'll help you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. So um, this is also by the same person. So they asked, have you come across anything you would love to see brought to life in a TV or miniseries? I really want to see The Corpse Bride in real life. I think they have made a movie like that, though. They haven't adapted it yet, but there's been like uh, fan castings where people will be like, oh, if The Corpse Bride were live action, they want this actor in it. Like this. I know a lot of people mention Bill Skarsgård, who I adore. People were saying that the actress would be Laura Harrier. Well, okay, because I'm a very big fan of Tim Burton, so... um. I want to watch because you know, like how like Beetlejuice is an actual life like person, like real actor people. Yeah, there's a person who is playing them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would like to see that. But I feel like okay, I feel like if Coraline was a like an, a live action movie, it wouldn't be good because I enjoy the animation more than if it was actual human beings. You know, you feel like there's no way to improve on the animated yeah. film. Yeah. You can answer your question. Um, I would love to see the Evil Dead animated series because that actually makes me think of like the Batman animated film, um, Mask of the Phantasm. I love that movie as a kid. And it had like some horror moments in it, even though it's not a straight horror film. But I was thinking if there is something like really like the, the animation is really good in that one. And I was thinking of the Evil Dead cartoon would be so gory and a lot of fun. And I feel like even though it would be an adult show, kids would love it because they watch animation anyway. Because I I love Spawn, the cartoon, when I was a kid. And that was very dark and not for kids either. But. <laughs> <laughs> you watch a lot of things that are not for kids. I know. At a very it's like questionable for, age. <laughs> for someone that uh, co-hosts a podcast that's made for kids, like... It's kind of like steering towards watching. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our next question is from Neil Fraser, 78. What are your favorite horror icons? What is her name again? I don't remember her name, but it's the little girl from The the Haunting of Bly Manor. Flora. Also, I'm not sure if this would be considered horror because he played the Joker um, Heath Ledger. I haven't watched Joker yet, but from the, the clips that I've seen... Like, and I watched um, 10 Things I Hate About You, which is <laughs> the opposite of horror. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Okay, but these are not horror because I don't know if I... 
Oh, I just had her in my brain. Drew Barrymore, she's amazing. I love her. Yeah, um, Fl- Flora and Heath Ledger and Drew Barrymore. I love them. Yeah, it was super hard to choose, so I just kind of like named a lot, starting with the Xenomorph from Alien, because it's just a beautifully designed creature in general. And Spawn, uh, Willard, because he's the rat hero. I know my friends and family are tired of me talking about the Evil Dead, but <laughs> I love Ash Williams. <laughs> and of course, I have to mention him. Uh, Norman Bates, Pennywise, and of course, Chucky slash Charles Lee Ray. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I get so emotional when I see the doll at the store, the Chucky doll, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really want a Chucky doll. But it's so expensive and I can't afford him. Wait, I think we saw that one time when we went to the Valley. Oh, at Mystic Museum? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, one day I will have my own Chucky. Don't worry, girl. I have investments. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you going to be my sugar mama now? <laughs> no! That's so weird. Do not say that. Okay. So many people ask me that. And I'm like, back off. That's so weird. Okay, anyways, we're moving on. <laughs> so the same person asked. I can't believe you said that. Okay. That's very unlike you to say. That's very immature. I was testing. Uh, okay, anyways, moving on. So this other, this next question is actually also from the same person. Um, which two would you like to see team up or face off in a movie? I wanted to know if you, if uh, if Edward Cullen would face off against someone. Robert. Pa- oh my gosh! I should have said that in the last question. I, w- I should have said Robert Pattinson. Oh <laughs> man. Dang, Edward Cullen okay. is your favorite I'm adding, icon. I'm yes, I'm inputting Edward Cullen in the the question that we just had before. Okay, okay, I think I want to see Edward Cullen fight off Beetlejuice. Interesting. <laughs> how do you? I want to see how that. Works. How do you see that playing oh, wait, out no. though? I feel like it would be funny though. He would be laughing the whole time. <laughs> and it would be so funny. I would love to see that. Or like, I want to collide. Twilight and Vampire Diaries. I would like to see the originals, Klaus Michelson with Edward Cullen. I feel like Klaus would win though. But yeah, I know you're you're probably lost at what I'm saying. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Never watched this. <laughs> yeah, but I think Klaus and Edward would. It would be funny and like fun, but I feel like Edward would die. So, what about you? I'd really love to see a Spawn versus Freddy movie. Uh, because they were both burned to death, their personalities are opposite of each other. And that would be super interesting to see if they ever make it. You're you're very talkative about Spawn. Yeah, like, like I don't know. Spawn's just great, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, moving on to the next question. Um, what mythical creature... Oh, by the same person, by the way, also. I'm very grateful that you are asking these questions. Um, these are very good questions, by the way. So they're asking, what mythical creature would you like to see a movie based on? Well, I mean, I feel like all mythical creatures already kind of formed into movies already or like in books. A lot of the international creatures have not been made into movies, I'd say. Um, If they are, it's probably um, only in their country. Okay, I was going to say vampires, but obviously there's like 500 million films about vampires. So you can't really do anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Can I make up my own mythical creature? But then it would be like, oh, okay. So I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up Harry Potter because I know that the there's like a lot of mythical creatures in that one. 
did you see like the the unicorn horse person in the forest? I don't know if you remember Harry Potter. Is it like the centaur? Yeah, they're called a centaur. I really want to see a movie about like their origin and why and stuff like that. Just them fighting demons or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. When Neil asked the question, he did mention like the aswang, um, which is like the most popular creature in the Philippines. Do you, are you familiar with the aswang? Mm-mm. Um, it's like a shapeshifter evil spirit that can turn into a humanoid vampire or a dog or a cat. Oh. And um, it depends on like what part of the Philippines you're from that the description kind of evolves. But yeah, that's a great one. Um, for another creature, I'd pop over to Scandinavia. There's a creature called the Fossigrim, which is like a male water spirit who plays songs on the fiddle. Literally makes the sound of the air, of the wind, of nature. And it sounds so beautiful, apparently. And he lures or they lure adults and children to drown in the lakes or streams. Wait, I think I've seen that. I've heard of that before. Probably. It, it, there's like different variations on different countries. But um, I feel like that would be a really interesting like queer horror film. For some reason, I just think it should be like a queer horror film. Like they would attract people due to their the music or whatever. Like, And then like all of a sudden something would happen. Like maybe Evil Mermaids too? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Moving on to our last and final question, guys. So at Nightwalker Cinema, so they asked, if you could write or direct any sequel, which horror icon would you choose? I would love to do a spinoff movie of Silent Hill. Um, I'm not going to say which character because just in case I do pitch it, I don't want like people knowing. And, like, <laughs> But uh, the video games I loved as a kid and uh, the original film is so like amazingly done and underrated. Um, another one I'd love to direct is Misery, the sequel, because Annie Wilkes, um, see her in her youth having fan obsession. Um, I just love like fan obsession stories in general. Nice. Well, I think Bird Box. I want to oh, see. Oh, you want to direct the create... sequel to Bird Box? Interesting. Yeah, I think, okay, the thing, the weird, the, the weird, oh, wait, so I did watch a horror movie of that's rated R because I wa in the Philippines, I watched Bird Box and I didn't even know it's rated R because it's not even that bad. But like, I really want to do, I want to direct it. I want to, I want to like change it up a bit, do a sequel. I feel like that would be really interesting though. I don't know. It's been so long. It's been 2000, since 2019 that I last watched it. So. <laughs> yeah. It could be like continuing on, you know? Yeah. Or it can be like a whole, whole new set of like people. Yeah, exactly. Okie dokie. Do you have any last words? Yeah, that's it for season two. And again, thank you to everyone who submitted and who listened to us, you know, just blabber on about, how, <laughs> about horror and, and like stuff. And like ranting about everything. Yeah, thank you to our guests, especially like they've been so amazing and speaking to us and we learned so much from them and they've been such an inspiration, hopefully to our younger listeners and to us, yeah, really. Yeah, and I think... Um, a lot of people get inspired from this podcast and I'm so glad that we have like actual listeners at first I thought it was kind of an like just for fun and like I don't really think that a lot of people would listen but a lot of people are listening and I'm so grateful for that my aunt knows like how like knows a lot of people who are in the horror obviously because she is in the horror community that will be able to have guests like these and I got to be exposed to like for example like 
Fangoria or I feel like everybody in our podcast have done so much stuff and I'm like really glad that I was exposed to them because now I'm like inspired to do like super cool things like them. <laughs> um, so shout out to everybody that were that was on this podcast and to the people that have been with us since day one. Um, so this is a wrap up of season two. We've filmed 20 episodes already. Like, um, so I just wanted to like say thank you guys so much. Sincerely to everyone who listens to us. We are planning season three. Um, it's not finalized yet, like I said, but it's going to definitely be different. And I'm very excited. Since I'm in eighth grade, I'm going to be culminating super soon. I'm going to be in high school, so I'm no longer going to be a middle schooler. So once we are going to start season three, we're going to have to change the bio and be like, a ninth grader, <laughs> a high schooler. <laughs> so I'm no longer a middle schooler, which is insane. But I'm glad that you guys got to see my journey as you as well, Tita Senga, because um, she's also going to be doing other big things as well. She always has been. But we're both growing as people. And I'm so glad that this podcast will uh, journal everything that we're doing. But yeah. Okay. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening to, listening to today's podcast. Just please subscribe to the podcast. Add us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All you have to do is search up Kinder Guys Podcast. And remember, you are loved, you're a baddie, and remember to always live on the fright side. Bye. Bye.